Ask Sherwin-Williams during the March Spring Sale, March 15th through the 25th, and get 35% off paints and stains with prices starting at $28.92. That means 35% off our most popular color family, blue. Psychologists have found it to be soothing and relaxing, which makes it especially great for bedrooms and bathrooms. And, of course, get 35% off all of our other colors. Stop the sale online or visit your neighborhood Sherwin-Williams store. Click the banner to learn more. Retail sales only. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. I'm Roman Mars, host of 99% Invisible. I'm excited to be teaming up with Lexus GX and SiriusXM on some very special 99PI episodes. We're heading to some of the cities in the U.S. that have special meaning for me and exploring the ways that these cities marry form and function. To learn more about the Lexus GX and SiriusXM and Lexus vehicles, visit Lexus.com slash GX and SiriusXM.com slash Lexus trial. The all-new Lexus GX. Live up to it. Check out the 99% Invisible feed now and listen to these special episodes. And welcome to Cop Father. I am Craig Rommel. Uh, right off the bat, I want to do an update on my last podcast regarding the York police officer that was beaten by a male suspect on video. The fact that the, this guy got off. Many people reached out to me. I talked about the person with the video, whether they called in or not, 911. They did call in, I was told, which is great. But I've also found out that nothing is happening behind the scenes. There's no investigations going on. The courts let this person walk. The judge's comments were, somebody failed. You know, there was lack of supervision. So whether that was health care or the justice system, something failed the officer here. I also found out that the present chief of the York Region Police Service has not reached out to this officer. If that's accurate, I, I just don't have words for that. So we're going to keep an eye on this, see if we can get something going, get to the bottom of this to make it better for this officer who got no justice, none, zero. His family didn't. You know, there's other side, whether it was the uh, communications officer, the dispatch officer, his cohorts on his platoon. I think there are a lot of people suffering here for this, and this made it worse, this decision. So I think we have to get to the bottom of it. And we will keep you informed on that. Moving forward, joining me today is the president of the Peel Regional Police Association, Adrian Woolley. Adrian, how you doing, my friend? I'm well, brother. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for coming on. Obviously, yeah, no uh, for me. Uh, the Peel region, the area where Adrian protects police officers as their representative is west of Toronto, very large area. Uh, you have about 3,000 members, right? We have 3,200, just over. And that's sworn officers and civilian members. Yeah, so for, for my neck of the woods, I look after twenty two, just over 2,200 sworn officers and uh, around 1,000 civilians. So we look after, unlike some of the other provinces, we look after our, our civilians as well. Yeah. Adrian's doing an incredible job there in protecting his members. Obviously in a very hostile environment now when it comes to policing. So Adrian, I'd like to get into your job, as was mine when I was with Toronto, protecting police officers. You know, we protect those who protect others. Sitting in the chair you are in, how are you finding it today? Let's go back last year or two. How much more intense is it now when it comes to and, and the involvement and describing your position now as president of a really, really good organization? Well, first off, uh, I'm sitting in this seat because of people like yourself that I wanted to uh, to be like and, and I emulated and, and I looked up to. And I thought that there wasn't enough people like yourself that were out there that were, were standing up 
for a lot of my people at the front line. And, and I was, me and a lot of my friends were, were getting left behind. So I needed to, uh, I needed to do something. And so because of that, that's why I'm sitting in this seat and because of people like you. So it's a, it's an honor one for me to be here and speaking to you and, and two to, to speak about my, my great organization, not just the association, but the service as well. It has changed. Uh, I got to tell you, even in the last three years before, before George Floyd, and I hate bringing in the analogy of, of what happened there to, to Canadian policing, but it has changed night and day. It uh, from the vibe from going to the calls and, and just the attitude of the people that are out there, how my officers are, are being treated and our civilians even as well, being treated on the phone with communications. It's a very much a different vibe out there for people. And it's difficult, hundred percent difficult for our, for our frontline people. You know, when I, uh, I've always used a three P scenario in uh, policing, police power and politics, the power side is I was always using it against the, the sides that we're up against. And the power, whether it's politicians, media, special interest groups now. How are you finding the magnitude of that when it comes to what you're up against now in, in protecting those officers' rights when it's coming from whether it's politicians or media, what I call the political grandstanding of law enforcement and the labor side? I got to say that the big difference probably within the last 10 years for, for us in, in the seat that I'm in right now is, is the social media aspect of it. Because you'd have the politicians that would be out there. You'd have certain media outlets that would be your staples, your City TV, your CP24, your Global, you know, CBC. And it was difficult, right? You'd have those, those people that you'd, you'd have to deal with, but you'd, you'd see them head on. The social media aspect, though, it can come out from anywhere. And you get all these trolls that start coming out. And it's difficult, obviously, in the seat that we're in, that you can't fire back or you don't know who you're firing back at. And there will be frivolous stuff that will be made up. There will be no facts whatsoever that get brought into some of these arguments in the social media world that, you know, depicts us in a terrible, terrible light. And it, that's, it's tough to dispute because you're not going to go and answer to all these, these, you know, Tom, Dick and Harry's in social media, whether it be Twitter or Instagram or, or, you know, TikTok now, whatever it is. So it's very difficult, you know, to, to try and combat that with the traditional media. I mean, it is what it is. I know that there's certain, obviously, media outlets out there that are not police friendly. They don't like the police. If it's not dirty, they're not going to print it. If it's a good story about what the police have done, it'll be on the you know 49th back page, 50 page. They don't care. It certainly won't be front page. If somebody's done something wrong, which is human nature, they're going to put it front and center. Look at what this officer did. They love to print the bad. So it's it's really difficult out there for all of our, our members, no matter what the, what role they're in. The politics side of things, the grandstanding, I think you know just as well as I do and every other person that sat in this seat, that's just par for the course. You're always going to have that. And how do you believe in countering it when, uh, I mean, my, my belief was to keep people honest? Yeah, and I mean, I look after Brampton and, and Mississauga and for our American viewers that don't know, you know, Brampton and Mississauga, we are just outside Toronto, just to the west, and, and we have about 1.4 to 1.5 million for a population. So we're looking after compared to the states, a fairly large city divided by two. And I've got two very dynamic individuals as far as the mayors go. I've got Bonnie Crombie, who was the heir apparent to Hazel McCallion, and Patrick Brown, the former leader of uh, Progressive Conservatives for the the province. Both of them have got very large personalities, both of them from very, very different backgrounds, and both of them like to be in front of the limelight and like to be front and center. 
I don't think that there's a camera that Bonnie doesn't like to be in front of. That's for sure. Uh, she's part of our police services board as is, as was Patrick Brown. So it's extremely difficult to have both of them now just one, but to still have Bonnie be a voice on the police services board and be the mayor because she, she likes to wear two hats and like, Oh, well, I didn't say that as a police services board member. I said that as a mayor, I didn't uh, mean to say this. I meant to say that. And so you're going to get that grandstanding. And I find that unbelievably frustrating and certainly for my members, because they, you know, there's some, some comments made a while ago with regards to an SIU and a police involved shooting where she said that she was scared of the police. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're the mayor. Wow. Like, are you kidding me? You're scared of the police. She actually said that. She said, yeah, I've got it on tape. I've launched that to to the Ontario uh, OCPC, you know, for an investigation. But when you've got a mayor that is saying that she's scared of the police, you know, you're scared. We're, we're all scared. Uh, I'm scared of the police. You're sitting on the police services board of, you know, the fourth largest municipal service in Canada. And you, you've got the audacity to tell people that you're scared of the police. So my, my members were livid, as rightfully so. So, I mean, this is, uh, you know, I attacked her right away on, on Twitter. I was kind of like, what do you mean you're you're scared of the police? How are you scared of the police, Bonnie? You weren't scared of the police, you know, when you wanted them down at City Hall for you. You weren't scared of them, you know, when you wanted these people removed from this, that, and the other event, you know, when you called us in. So, but now all of a sudden you are. So I, that political grandstanding, I just can't stand it. But I, I will, I'll fight the good fight always. I come from a fighting background, but I'm an old fighter. So I'll, I'll take the fights that make sense. That fight is definitely a fight I will take every day of the week because uh, I, I won't stand for people throwing our mem- my members under the bus just for political grandstanding or just to try and grab a vote here or a vote there. So it's extremely difficult. Well, it's, it's important to have a memory and to tell your members we're going to have a memory. She will have an election come up. I don't care what anybody says, whether the police can get involved in elections or not. Police associations can. You are not governed under the Police Act. And you have to remember, and you have 3,000 people that could help hang in signs and doing everything else, whatever you have to do. It doesn't have to be financial donations. There are a number of things you do, which we would do. And we thought if, if harm came to a member that was from a politician, we would keep them honest and we would try to educate them on that you are wrong, especially with an organization like yours that has an international great reputation of law enforcement being fair to all communities and a comment like coming from the mayor like that, where she has painted everybody with the same brush. She hasn't said, I'm afraid of a couple of dozen. She has said, made it clear. It's all 3000. You have to do your job protecting your people and educate her and make prove that she's wrong. Ask Sherwin-Williams during the March Spring Sale, March 15th through the 25th, and get 35% off paints and stains with prices starting at $28.92. That means 35% off our most popular color family, blue. Psychologists have found it to be soothing and relaxing, which makes it especially great for bedrooms and bathrooms. And, of course, get 35% off all of our other colors. Stop the sale online or visit your neighborhood Sherwin-Williams store. Click the banner to learn more. Retail sales only. Some exclusions apply. See store for details.
I'm Roman Mars, host of 99% Invisible. I'm excited to be teaming up with Lexus GX and SiriusXM on some very special 99PI episodes. We're heading to some of the cities in the U.S. that have special meaning for me and exploring the ways that these cities marry form and function. To learn more about the Lexus GX and SiriusXM and Lexus vehicles, visit Lexus.com slash GX and SiriusXM.com slash Lexus trial. The all-new Lexus GX. Live up to it. Check out the 99% Invisible feed now and listen to these special episodes. The Car Pro Show podcast is available on iHeart, Apple, and Spotify. I can't take my husband anywhere. He's constantly behaving like a five-year-old, snorting, joking, yapping with strangers. It's so embarrassing. But the one period when he's fully engrossed in anything is if he's listening to the Car Pro Show podcast. Here they are now on the Car Pro Show. He gets to hear Jerry and Kevin share all the latest and greatest news and information about the CarPro Friends universe, reviews and commentary on all the newer vehicle lineups from every major brand, stories and testimonials about ultimate car buying experiences through CarPro.com, and certified CarPro Friends at dealers nationwide. My only regret is when this two-hour break from you-know-who ends. Save yourself! Grab some me time by tuning into the CarPro Show podcast on your device anytime, anywhere. Listen to the CarPro Show on iHeart, Apple, and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by CarPro.com, where you now have a friend in the car buying business. CarPro.com. I'm Chris Hahn, the Aggressive Progressive. Check out a new episode of the Aggressive Progressive podcast every Tuesday. You know, the election is heating up just as the year is winding down. Stick with me. I'll tell you the truth as I see it. Download the Aggressive Progressive on Pandora or wherever you get your podcasts. You're absolutely right with uh, with regards to the education part. And, and even when it comes down to these politicians, there's a lot of things that they don't know, even as police services board members and, and former lawyers, Patrick Brown, again, the mayor and, and former lawyer, and his dad's been a lawyer here in the city of Brampton for better on four decades. The simple thing is saying, well, I don't understand, Adrian, you know, why they don't, the officers in, uh, involved in subject officers for SIUs aren't giving a statement and aren't doing that. And I was kind of Patrick, you know, you understand that they don't have to, that is their right as a Canadian citizen, that they don't have to do that. He's like, well, I don't understand why they would do that. I'm like, Patty, he's like, it's not as if this is going to be held in the court of law. I mean, that's, yeah. that's what I'm talking about here. That's the hypocrite side of this. Yes. It, I, until they change the charter and the criminal code, the copper does not have to talk as a subject officer. Absolutely right. And that's the thing. I think it was that age educational piece and, and rightfully so on his side. He's like, you know what, Adrian, I, I wasn't aware of that. But now that I look it up, you're absolutely right. I've changed my perspective. Okay. So I take I, it I back. Don't agree with that. I, I should have let you yeah. finish. <laughs> he, he did change his mind and, and he, he saw, he saw the error of his ways. And he was the one thing I'll give Patrick though, is uh, he's, he's never afraid to talk to me. He's, he's not afraid to uh, tell me how he's feeling about things. So we have a good relationship that way. We might not see eye to eye on things, but we certainly have to have a good relationship. I do certainly with him, and I showed him a little bit the errors of his ways. But you would think that that would be something that he would know coming from a legal background. But uh, once he was educated, and I think that's the biggest thing for a lot of these politicians is just to be educated on that. And, and you know, same thing with the, with the other mayor. I find it hard or very difficult for, them, for me to understand that they don't know the rules that we have to play within. And you're even on the police services board. It's not like you're just the mayor or you're just a, a city councilor or MP or MPP. You actually have something to do with the police service itself. You're on the board. So it's it's very difficult when you're dealing with those type of people and, and you have to do that education piece. 
but I think it's extremely important to, to let everyone know and educate all of them, including the community because the community maybe doesn't, isn't aware of that either. And he is a good guy. I think he got totally screwed with the situation where he was running the party provincial or the conservative party. He got, I mean, he gave up too easy. I think he could have taken down some people on that because they were screwing him. It was politics and he can't forget the political arena that law enforcement's in now. And when you are in a political arena, the best thing to do is just to be honest about everything, especially in your chair, about saying, listen, this is what is actually really going on, which leads into my next topic. And that's the defunding side of this, of law enforcement. How are you finding that? Like, when is your next negotiations coming up? Thankfully, I did a deal just before COVID. Literally, we just, uh, we signed the deal, I think, three weeks before COVID hit uh, last year. So, uh, Thank God. We, I think that we got the best contract, I'd like to say, within the province. That's dealing with the new chief and, and the new members of the police services board. And we're good for another five years. So, Or it was a five-year contract, so we're good for another three and a half. But let me stop so, you there. But this defunding still wants to. They don't care about collective agreements when they yeah. end. The defunding side of this is to take, whether it's through layoffs or whatever, what are you finding in Peel Region when it comes to, to the talk of defunding? Because it is everywhere. Yeah, it is everywhere, and certainly it's we're not uh, we're not isolated from that. There, there's been a lot uh, of of talks with regards to defunding and and what defunding looks like. Again, the mayors have, have taken a, a, the brunt of that because you've got a lot of the special interest groups that are trying to hit them up and and tell them you need to defund, and and they're trying to explain what it is they're trying to get across with their for their police services. Because of that, they said, okay, well, you want more transparency and more accountability. Well, let's get every police officer out there with a body-worn camera. So BWCs, body-worn cameras, that's the big thing now. That's the big ticket item. But that also costs money. Yeah. So if anything, we were the only police service that actually increased the budget, provincially anyways, that I'm aware of. I know Toronto was at a zero-sum game, and, and they didn't. They went in with the zero. I think that we, were, we went up almost 3.1%. It's what we need to do. I mean, we're still one of the lower per capita police officer per uh, public out there. I think at 143 per 100,000. So we're still, you know, mid to low pack as far as population goes. So we still need, and we're growing. So we still need more police officers out there. I don't think that defund is going to happen, certainly for us. And Patrick and Bonnie and the police services board, they're well aware of that. I don't think that they see that as, as a advantageous way to go moving forward to the future they want everyone to be safe as as do we the, the community be safe we've got a very uh unique community that, that we police thank thankfully we're the most i think hands down the most diverse population in canada right now yeah. and that's awesome it is absolutely fantastic that we have uh we have that as is our service and we're trying to adapt the, the service to look like the community in which we police and i think that we're doing a, a good job at that but yeah, I don't see that defunding coming in anytime soon for us because we have to reflect the community in which we police and the community deserves to have good quality police officers out there. Well, that's what we're trying to do. This might not be a fair question, but I try to ask everybody that are leaders in law enforcement like yourself, where do you see us a year or two from now? You know, I'm, I'm concerned that it could be getting worse. We have the tip of the iceberg, all that, but where do you actually sitting where you are? Where do you see this thing going? Like whether it's the anti-police movement you know, there's always going to be another incident where the police are questioned when they are especially doing their jobs the way they should be, whether it's a shooting or something. And how do you see this thing playing out over the next year or two? Yeah, my crystal ball's not too good. Once COVID or 
you know, the pandemic is, is deemed over or whatever, we get to some sense of normality. I'm waiting for us to have a little bit of a spike because I think that we will have that spike. People are kind of laying dormant as you were or, or not getting it out. And I think that once once we open the, the floodgates, it's it's we're going to see that spike. But after that spike, I'm hoping that things kind of settle, settle down. I'm hoping. I don't know that to be true whatsoever. It's just kind of my speculation moving forward. As far as the calls for service for us, I, I mean, when COVID hit, we had like a 40% reduction in calls. We, we actually cut our cert, we cut our platoon size in half to do a reserve model just so that we wouldn't get people infected. Well, now that it's, you know, we're up to a year, the calls are right back to normal. Mm-hmm. Nothing's changed as far as that goes. So when COVID's over, I, I think, and, and everyone kind of gets out and is out and about, I see a spike as far as defunding or, or how the, the climate changes for us. I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping that, again, we've had a couple of serious SIU investigations for us here in the region, and for us, for people that don't know what the SIU is, Special Investigations Unit looks after anything uh, criminal in nature or believed to be criminal in nature of a police officer in the line of duty. So we had some significant officer-involved shootings in, in the last year, and that we've all come out and proven that our officers acted professionally. They acted on their training, they acted professionally, and they were cleared of all of these, these high-profile media stories within the SIU. So I think that people are starting to see the facts coming out. And again, it comes back to that educational piece that you were talking about, but also the facts. And when you have those SIU reports that come out and they say, this is what happened, and then this, and then this, and then this, and then the officer did that. And because of their training, this is why they reacted the way they did. Then the public starts to go, oh, well, that's not what we were told by the Mm -hmm. Toronto Star or the CBC said this, or, you know, someone on Twitter said that. Mm -hmm. So I think that they're starting to see, I think the the greater understanding out there is once the facts come out and maybe with the body-worn cameras, the BWCs, people will see, oh my God, that's what the police officer had to deal with. Oh, well, that makes sense why that happened. And I think that you're you're going to get that again with some of our, our top five SIUs that were clear. People didn't know that the there was a bad guy out there that was trying to run over two police officers. All they know is, oh, that guy got shot and killed and, and what a shame and well, yeah, but you knew he was under house arrest, right? Yeah. Oh, no, I didn't know that. Well, yeah. you knew he was armed with a gun, right? Oh, no, I didn't know that. You knew that he was trying to run over two police officers. Oh, geez, I didn't know that. So when you get all the facts, and you're like, oh, well, then, yeah, then we totally make sense why he, you know, got shot. We get that now. I think you'll you'll have the silent majority become a little bit less silent, hopefully, mm-hmm. uh, and see the, and realize that the police are doing a really good job out there. Well, I mean, one thing we... we we have to talk about when it comes to policing is the job of policing. And, and in, in your region, it's an incredible amount of gunplay, a lot of violence, a lot of shootings, a lot of murders, and your people have to deal with that at the same time and try to ignore as best they can the political grandstanding going on or the negativity when it comes to the job. But more than ever before, your people are up against more violence out there. Yeah, and that's 100% true. I mean, I just go to go back a year and a half stats, but I mean, yeah, we had over uh, just over 700 rounds fired in, in shootings within the region. So that's not just like a one-off. We had 31 homicides a year and a half ago. So, you know, that's, that's not small. There's a lot of gunplay. Again, you know, I'm, I'm thankful for, uh, for Patrick Brown pushing for more cameras on the 410 because for a while there, we had two homicides that were related to the 410, the 410 shootings. And it was all gang related. Mm-hmm. So it is, it is hot. It is prevalent. It is gunplay 
I mean, anything you find out there with from the intelligence world is that every gangsters out there has got a has got a gun now. They're certainly not afraid to use it. We've got daytime shootings in Ajax, you know, that uh, certainly was never going to be a hotbed for for crime. But in the Durham region, there's daytime shootings. There's daytime shootings just in Vancouver, the other side of the of the of the country. But I mean, right there at the international airport. Yeah. Right. These are all gang related incidents and, and they don't care. Gangsters, you know, just like I do. Gangsters don't care about the location. They don't care about the time of day anymore. And they are only looking for their goal. And some of most of their goals is to take out the competition. And if they have to shoot them, that's what they're going to do to to take out that competition. And, and they're very brazen. I mean, you think about a shootout on the on the highway 410. That's pretty brazen. And to, to do it twice in one week. You know, yeah, it's, it's no, uh, it's crazy, and and you know, your people just want to be able to do their job and do the policing side of this without all the other crap going on. Adrian, uh, it's been great. I really appreciate it. You're doing a great job. Uh, I know your members appreciate your effort. I hear from them, and uh, really, thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. Yeah, geez, we could keep going. This is awesome. I appreciate the time and the airtime with you, and and your show is fantastic. So thanks very much. Well, we're gonna have you back on. Uh, anybody wants to get a hold of us, go to info at Appreciate it, and we will talk to you soon.